Welcome to the Church Leadership Podcast, your weekly source for encouraging and equipping local church leaders with your hosts, Mark Ganey and Andy Frazier. In each episode, Andy and Mark sit down with church leaders that you should know. We believe these honest conversations will be helpful and encouraging to you as you lead the local church. Here is this week's episode. Welcome to this week's episode of the Church Leadership Podcast. We're pumped and excited that you have joined us for this conversation, and uh, it's going to be a great one. We're excited about today's conversation. Uh, Before we get there, I want to remind you of a few things. Uh, We are here. We have these conversations. We have this podcast really to equip you who are leading the local church to be disciples who make disciples. And so that's what today's episode is about. That's what every episode really is about. And uh, we're excited to bring you this conversation. And we want to remind you to subscribe to the podcast. We don't want you to miss a single episode. So if you're watching on YouTube, hit the subscribe button. If you're listening on your favorite podcast app, then certainly you can subscribe uh, within the app that way too. We are everywhere on the web and any every app you can imagine. So I uh, want to make sure that you, you subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. Now, Andy, let's get to today's conversation. Mark, I know it's been a busy run uh, uh, for us to begin uh, spring and summer activities in our churches, as I'm sure it is for many of you. And thank you all for continuing to watch and listen. And we're excited to jump back in this week with a conversation we've been wanting to have for a little while. And uh, we got some time today with Dan Tankersley. Dan serves as the discipleship pastor in Dothan, Alabama at Calvary Baptist Church. He's been there, he said, about seven years. And we're excited to talk with him to hear his story. And uh, as, as Mark and I like to talk about this subject as much as possible, we're going to talk about making disciples today. Yep. So uh, Dan, thanks for joining us. It's an honor to be here with you guys. Looking forward to it. So as, as Dan and I, we met physically for the first time not too long ago. And then we were talking before we hit uh, record a minute ago. And it's kind of amazing. Dan and I were in the same church for several years uh, younger, obviously, but um, just now making a connection. We probably met face to face when he was a little kid, and um, I'm a little bit older than Dan, but so a lot older, <laughs> a lot older. That's right. So his where he's serving and his home church is Calvary Baptist. That's my home church. That's the church that licensed me to the ministry, and so really cool to make that connection and uh, to hear from you, Dan. So if you don't mind, so we're going to talk about kind of holistic discipleship. That's kind of your passion. Um, discipling people not into you know segmented parts of the Christian life, but but whole life discipleship and and being you know a follower of Jesus in every area of your life. And so we're going to talk about that. But I guess Dan, talk to me about how that became your passion. You know where where did that that draw come from, and and where did you see a need to to help people understand that? Well, in seminary, I had sort of an aha moment, um, and you've experienced this, Mark. You know, as I grew up at Calvary, we were a very, um, what would you call it, attractional sort of church. Um, we kind of, um, you know, did, did what was attractional and easy, and I never heard a whole lot about discipleship. I thought to do ministry was to create programs and attract people, and that's, that's all that I knew. And so I get to one of my first seminary classes, and a guest uh, um, teacher just gave the most basic presentation on how Jesus made disciples. You know, he didn't just, you know, spend all this time addressing the crowds, trying to draw people. He invested his life in a, in a few men and told them to go and do likewise. And so for me, that was kind of an aha moment paradigm shift. And so that was probably 2009, 2010. So from that moment, I've been intentional about both being discipled by someone and discipling someone. And then, you know, from that point on, 
you know, God's really taught me that discipleship is not just about information. You know, we all know the guy who knows the Bible better than we do, but you just don't want to be around him. You know, he's not very. <laughs> right. uh, I'm sure the folks listening, we all know people in our churches who um, kind of have a heart-centered faith. You know, worship is all about um, that encounter with God, that worship moment. But, you know, if you look at their life outside of Sunday, there's, you know, um, not a lot of following Jesus to it. And so, you know, just with different encounters the last 10 years, God's really shown me the importance of um, discipleship in a way that's not fragmented, but it's holistic as far as the great commandment. You know, Jesus said, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. You know, of course, we know that that means love God with all that you are, but I think Jesus intentionally mentioned those different um, areas. And so for me, that's just, uh, it was kind of an aha moment. So I spent a lot of years, I did my doctoral project on the subject and wrote a book on the subject. And for me here at Calvary, you know, the goal is just to make that practical in our, our church context. Well, Dan, you, you, you mentioned that I'm making that practical in your context. So what does that look like for you guys? I mean, how, how have you been there seven years? How have things kind of shifted, uh, uh, have you shifted away? Have you from something towards something? Have you made radical changes or have the changes happened kind of gradually? And, and what does that kind of look like for you? So it's been gradual. So ten, about 10 years ago, our senior pastor came in. And at the time, Calvary was doing all sorts of great things, great ministries, great small groups, a lot of good stuff going on. But he sat down with the staff and said, hey, guys, what if we wipe everything we're doing off the table and only brought back the things that were biblical and god honoring okay so through that process they kind of the first thing they brought back was uh corporate worship you know every church do not forsake the assembly of the saints and so that was brought back to the table and the next piece was um small groups i think you know small groups are biblical we need small groups and then the third piece was life on life discipleship so kind of throughout that process the last probably seven years since i've been here we've kind of been you know tweaking it and defining it more specifically and um, right before I got here, we actually did a survey of how many of our members are involved in these three circles, the corporate worship, small group, and life on life. And thankfully, about 90% were coming to corporate worship and involved in a small group, but about 10% were involved in what we call life on life discipleship. And so for me, my big focus the last seven years has been getting our people involved in some sort of intentional life on life discipleship. And for about the last three or four years, what that's looked like for us is a D group. I know you guys have I'll do D groups. And so for us, um, you know, that's been our focus. And basically what I tell new members coming in is if you'll get plugged in to corporate worship, a small group in life and life, that gives you the best chance to mature spiritually, gives us as as a church the best chance to fulfill the Great Commission. And again, you know, it's not a magic formula, but all three of those circles are centered on the word of God and people that are full of the spirit of God. And so God uses that, uh, I believe, to transform us. And by his grace, we've seen some people grow and transform, and I'm just praying for more and more fruit from that. That's awesome. So I'm going to ask you a couple of practical questions, too. So what, what I want to ask is, tell me a little bit more, especially those listening and watching, tell us a little bit more about what those D groups look like. Okay. And then, you know, is there a process of multiplication involved there? What does that look like? You know, how do those groups operate? Because I do think, um, like Calvary at that point, I think a lot of our churches, that's the missing element, right? Mm-hmm. And so right, right. W- what does that look like, on, you know, on a weekly or a yearly basis in, in the life of, of Calvary? So here, here's how we did it. So our, our senior pastor said, we want these D groups to start sort of organically. 
So what he did with his pastors and elders, he spent about six to eight months and he had his own little D group with us. And so, you know, he kind of modeled what a D group was, you know, typically a D group is, you know, we do three to five uh, people, um, same sex. And so our D groups are focused a lot on, we do scripture memory, um, accountability questions. Um, you know, we, we have a certain book or a Bible passage we go through, but really the, the largest part of the time is just accountability. Like, what are you doing with what you're learning? And even with that, we want to actually, we tell our D groups it's okay to actually go out and serve together as opposed to just meeting and, you know, talking for an hour. So we've done that. But so kind of how we launched these things is our, our pastor discipled some men for six to eight months. And then we all went and got our own D groups. And so we spent about a year and a half to two years just starting organically. And then we actually did sort of an official launch for, for men's D groups. And uh, at that point, we had people, we had men equipped to lead D groups. And so we kind of got the men started before the women. So about two years ago, we did the same thing with women. We trained some women's leaders. We did a big event to draw women. And we actually used that event to leverage uh, getting them involved in a D group. And so we've um, been doing that for two years now. So what it looks like now is we continue to train our leaders and keep up with them. We're actually doing a big event on August 14th, uh, a D group launch or relaunch. So we'll gather all of our men and women. And we'll encourage one for our current D groups to multiply. And we'll explain how to do that. And two, if you're not in a D group, it's a great chance to, to jump in. So for us, I guess the process started about uh, four or five years ago. And, you know, we've seen a lot of growth and we're, we're, we're still trying to work it out and figure it out. And, you know, it's a constant change, I guess. But that's kind of how we did it here at Calvary. Well, Dan, a lot of people who are watching and listening, maybe they they want to do this and they don't know how or maybe they have started it and maybe they're frustrated that it's not going the way it's supposed to or or maybe they don't know what their next steps are to kind of keep the momentum going. What, what would you say to encourage somebody who's watching or listening who maybe they want to step back and they want to say, all right, let's evaluate everything. Let's put everything on the table and say what elements are necessary for us to, to invest our time and resources and people in and not focus so much on these other things, maybe change or scrap some things. And they do that. How would you encourage them with what you guys have experienced there in your church and, and the results you've seen, maybe not numerically, but uh, the difference in people's lives because you are discipling people holistically. Right. Well, one thing that we had to learn early on was that unfortunately D groups are not for everybody. Mm -hmm. D groups are for those who are actually serious about their spiritual growth. So to try to recruit a D group of people that aren't really interested, you know, you're shooting yourself in the foot. Right. I know that has led to a lot of frustration. So make sure you know, you find the people in your church churches that are actually serious about their spiritual growth and, and want what a D group offers. And if you start out that way, typically, you know, there'll be a lot less frustration. Um, you know, but even then, I mean, you know, people are busy and things come up in life. And, you know, uh, the way we do it, we actually have people sign a formal commitment form that I'm not going to miss a D group unless, you know, I, I have to. Um, and we try to raise the bar as high as we can. But but even then, you know, people will miss quite a bit. So, you know, there's there's constant challenges and frustrations. But you know, I'll just say, you know, focus on the fruit, focus on the, the life change that you've seen. Um, just remember what God can do through these sort of relationships. And, um, you know, another challenge I've had is if, if you're not very specific about what a D group is, it's going to default back to a Bible study or a book study. That's what people know. You know, they, they've never really done discipleship like we're, we're trying to do it. So it's new for everybody. So there's a lot of training up front even after we get started we continue to train leaders and try to prepare them for issues that come up but um i guess that's some of my, my feedback you know we do a, 
Um, we spend a lot of time saying over and over, you know, a D group is not a Bible study or, or a book study. You know, and, and in our church, we're blessed to have a pastor who teaches the word, expounds scripture. Our life groups, actually, whatever text our pastor preaches, we unpack that the following week. And so if you're in corporate worship and a life group, you're getting the word, okay? So this D group is, is less about that and more about, okay, what are you doing with what you're, what yeah. God's teaching you? Are you living this out? And so in my D group, for example, we meet for, for an hour and uh, I would say 40 to 45 minutes is, is prayer and accountability. And then if we have extra time, we'll talk about whatever book we're reading, whatever you know, book of the Bible we're reading. That's kind of how, how we do it. That's awesome. I love what you said about kind of raising the bar too. You know, Neil Cole said that church in America, we've, we've uh, you know, kind of raised the bar of what it means to do church and lower the bar of what it means to be a disciple. We should do the opposite. We should raise right. the bar of what it means to be a disciple and lower the bar of what it means to do church. Right. Amen. Raise the bar of what it means to be the church as a disciple. But so one thing I want to, I want to ask you about is oftentimes, you know, when, when, you know, we're talking with different church leaders and different uh, pastors and things like that, they sometimes not intentionally giving pushback, but there's this natural, I feel like pushback that's really not biblical, but there's this tension sometimes between discipleship and evangelism, right? So they're thinking, okay, well, you're going deep, you know, but are you reaching people? Well, obviously disciple making is holistic. Disciple making is about evangelism too. So talk to me about how you've kind of, um, maybe face that challenge, maybe ways that you have found to, to, to not create that tension and to help people understand that disciple making is certainly evangelism is a big part of that. Yeah, you're exactly right. We actually did get a little bit of pushback on that. And so, you know, when we promote D groups, we say that D groups are for believers. You know, D groups are, are not um, evangelistic in that sense. They're for committed followers of Christ, but the fruit of a D group should be evangelism. That's right. In our D group, the first question we ask is, who have you shared the gospel with this week? That's right. And so, you know, there's a place for unbelievers. You guys know that evangelism, discipleship, two sides of the same coin. And so to engage in discipleship, you know, is to evangelize. And, you know, I told our guys, you know, that we'll get to a point where our D groups, you know, we'll get to a point where everybody, Lord willing, at Calvary Baptist Church has been in a D group. So if we're not evangelizing, if new people are not coming in, it's just going to be all inward. At some point, it's got to turn outward. So I'll just say that the fruit of, of a good D group is evangelism. And there's been instances that, you know, folks have come to Christ and, you know, plugged into a D group. But um, I'll say that D groups are very much about evangelism and evangelism. You can't separate it from genuine discipleship. Mm, that's good. It's very true. Uh, and Daniel, what you're also passionate about, what we've heard a little bit about today is that that great commandment to love God with your you know, heart, mind, soul, strength, all of who you are. How do you see D groups or intentional disciple making? How do you see that helping the church fulfill that in someone's life? Mm -hmm. How does, how do practically, what are you seeing uh, in people's lives, men and women, the, the life change that's taking place where maybe they're compartmentalizing their faith or maybe they're misunderstanding altogether what it means to be a disciple how are you seeing that in people's lives kind of come to fruition? That's a good question. Um, so, you know, I think about as far as the great commandment to, to love God and love people, like what, what's the, what's the best way to love God and love people. And I, I think about like the most loving thing I can do for someone 
is to spend time with them and teach them the word and, you know, help them to love others by teaching them the word. That's, that's what Jesus modeled. That's what, you know, God commanded throughout scripture. And so, you know, just small mind, like when I think about fulfilling the great commandment and loving God and loving people, like the most practical way to do that is I think discipleship, whatever that discipleship looks like. And I think when people get involved in that, they, they realize that, you know, this is, this is really, you know, the, the best way to love God and love people. If you really love someone, you're going to tell them the good news about God, about the gospel, about Jesus. And um, in my mind, that's just, uh, that, that's why the, the great commandment and the great commission are just totally wed together. You, know, you can't really love God and love people without making disciples. Right. You know, if you're generally making disciples, it's because you love God and love people. And so um, that's just kind of, in my mind, how those two things make sense. And by God's grace, we've seen a lot of fruit of that. We're seeing more and more people starting to have their own aha moments and realize, you know, that this is, this is what Jesus intended, you know, life on life discipleship. And, you know, I think so many people have never been involved in it. They're afraid of it, but once they, you know, take that bold step and get involved, they realize that this is really, you know, how to experience the abundant life Jesus came to give. You yeah. invest in others and love God, love people. Yeah, we've had people we've discipled to say things like, this is the missing link yeah. that we've been looking for. We knew there was something missing right. in my personal spiritual growth and development as disciple and as a disciple. And this is it. Or we've had people say things like, I feel like I'm getting saved all over again. Yeah, that's right. You know, experience yeah. this yeah. this new freshness in their walk with Christ, you know, they've always desired and wanted to grow, but they didn't have an outlet to understand how to do that better. Yeah. So now they're being equipped as a follower of Christ. And like you're mentioning, not only is that something, the inward change, but the outward results being is it's contagious. They've yeah. got to go tell people about what's going on in their life with Christ or invite other people to follow Christ along with them. So that's, that's right. awesome. And I think, I think the holistic idea is so important. Um, it's always important. It's been important, you know, since the creation of the church, but even in our day and time, especially because Dan, I know you've seen this too. You mentioned, you know, when you, you know, beginning uh, when your pastor got there, you know, the kind of attractional model that was there. I think that encourages sometimes this separation of a, a public and private faith, right? And so we have a bunch of Christians who think, well, I, you know, my faith is private and I'll go to church, but the rest of my life is almost siloed, right? And mm-hmm. so, you know, I mean, holistic discipleship means that God's truth and God's word permeates every single aspect of our lives. And, and our worldview has to be formed on that. And we're, we're seeing, you know, the results of not having that in our culture now, but I guess as we close here, I want to ask you this because um, Andy kind of alluded to it a little bit before, but there may be somebody watching and listening who, who is where you were seven years ago, or where Calvary was 10 years ago. And, and they, they hear this and go, we, we need that, but I don't know how to get started. So what would be your encouragement to them, what would be your advice to say, just, you know, how to get started in really not only being a disciple that makes disciples, but leading your church to do that? Yeah, well, I'm very blessed to have a senior pastor who's very much committed to discipleship. And so I'm not working against him to try to do all this. I'm working along with him. And, and so, yeah, I would say if you're, if you're a member of a church or even, you know, not the senior pastor, but on staff, I mean, talk to your pastor. It's always best when he adopted a passion for discipleship and can help lead this but but even if your senior pastor doesn't have that passion i would say don't let that stop you i would say you know just um start your own d group and you know maybe even do that before you go talk to your pastor and you know if, if he sees the fruit of a d group and of genuine discipleship how can he not be for it you know and uh, m- maybe ask him to be in, in your d group so i would say 
Um, it's, it's great when your senior pastor is on board and, and can kind of help with this, but if he's not, don't let that stop you. And I would say, just say, get started and do what Jesus did. Think about it, pray about it. Are there people in your life that want to walk more closely with the Lord and can you help them do that? And I'll just say, you know, approach them and, you know, present to them what a D group is and ask them if they want to get involved and, you know, get after it. That's some like simple it. and clear encouragement. Just do what Jesus did. Right. So I, I, Jesus I like did. that. So it works upon what Jesus did. That's, that's, that's right. exactly right. He, he tends to honor and bless that when we, right. when we have that clear and simple approach to following him and helping other people follow. Him. Well, Dan, we thank you so much for your time. Uh, that you've joined us today on the podcast. We know those who are watching and listening have, have been encouraged. They've been helped. And uh, uh, that's our goal is we just, we want to help leaders in the local church learn what it means to be a disciple and make disciples. And our conversation today, we know has played a big part in helping some people do that. It's been my pleasure. Appreciate you guys having me on. Absolutely. Thanks, man. And uh, for the rest of you, we'll see you next time. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Church Leadership Podcast. Don't forget to share, subscribe, and even review our podcast on your favorite podcast listening app.